0: the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't got to tell me, dog. I know I'm the scene behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and live behind the baller. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned Yang banging episode of the world famous The award winning Behind the baller podcast Motherfuckers we are number one in Africa Okay Alright we're in the top 10 in Malaysia In Brazil Yo listen BTB is global in this bitch Alright I've been told you Stop thinking so local Okay I am your host Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. Some of you may know me as the Forrest Gump of hip-hop. Some of you may know me as the Korean John Cusack. But if this Asian hate shit keeps going on, y'all are going to have to call me the Korean Liam Neeson. For real, for real. Yo, yo, BTB Army, I want to start off the show by reminding you You have to make it a great day, okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? You gotta make it a great day, all right? And listen, with everything that's going on, negativity, whatever, man, just anything in life that you can think of that has fucked you up, just listen, no matter what happens, life goes on, okay? Your mom dies, your dog dies, Some fucked up shit happens, life goes on. It's fucked up, but I want you guys to find some sort of peace and positivity in that. And also, I need you guys to plan for the future, but live in the moment, okay? Now, I'm not saying, oh, well, shit, you know, should my mom die? Fuck it, oh, well, no big deal. I mean, everyone has their time to mourn. When there's something that's going on, look at, you know, With the situation in Atlanta with the eight people dying, you know, and Asian people are very furious right now Look, there are people who are multidimensional Some people, they can't do anything else but focus on the anger and the hate And some people, listen, at the end of the day, there are people who depend on me There's other people, you know, corporations that I do partnerships with And their people depend on, you know Me doing what I gotta do professionally. If I'm gonna take some time on the side, they understand. If not, though, you know what? I can multitask, all right? I'm versatile. So all I'm saying is look, some people can do it, some people can't, but I do respect the fact that some people depend on me being professional. I know it's a lot of pressure, but I don't wanna take food out of anyone's mouth, all right? And it takes a lot of time to get to that position, all right? a lot of resilience, a lot of just adversity, everything, all the above, okay? So before we get this show started, just know, I want everyone who listens to this show to try to be better tomorrow than you were today, okay? Try to be a better person this week than you were last week, okay? Always try to grow. That's what we do here on BTB, all right? So look, now that that's out of the way, Let's get right into it, okay? Stop Asian hate, okay? Stop hating on Asian people. Stop hating on black people. Stop hating on anybody for the color of their skin, period. That shit is outdated, man. Y'all brought that tired-ass shit back? It's so fucking ignorant, it's embarrassing, okay? It's some Neanderthal shit. Like, we are better than this, all right? And to I hate to even bring back this piece of shit's name, but I do blame Dick Stane Donald for his Kung Flu remarks and all that stupid-ass shit, thinking it's funny or thinking it's acceptable for the fucking president of the United States of America to say some asinine shit like that and not realize it's going to stick with his cronies forever. And that shit's just going to keep fucking right happening. I've addressed these attacks, right? I've addressed all this shit that's going on with our elders, everything. Okay? And when I say our elders, when I say our, I mean yellow-skinned Asian Americans. Okay? Enough is enough. Enough is fucking enough. All right? I know y'all got some of us fucked up. Okay, and you think we're just you know Asian people? You think we're just docile people? But keep playing these stupid ass games, and I guarantee you're gonna win some dumb ass prizes. Okay, you pull up on me now today with how I feel, with my mood and everything. Pull up on me and see what happens. Okay, we're going viral. We're going on the motherfucking news. You're gonna end up on someone's T-shirt talking about I miss such and such. All right, look, let's address. This psychopath, homegrown, racist, Robert Long, who wasn't even fucking handcuffed, like his parents called in all this other bullshit, like, you know, and then other people are trying to, they fucking cornball ass, fucking goofy, KKK, cracker ass motherfuckers, like, oh yeah, you know what, Um, he's fucking Antifa, this is, no, bro, he wasn't Antifa, he wasn't BLM, he wasn't fucking ISIS, he wasn't none of that shit. He was a homegrown racist inspired by racism, probably from looking at the president's stupid ass shit. Okay, now there's a backstory we'll get into in a second. But Mayor Keisha Bottoms, because it happened in Atlanta, right? She said this is not a hate crime necessarily at this moment. Look, Mayor Keisha Bottoms, I fuck with you. okay? respectfully, though, get the fuck out of here. All right. This guy was going to Asian... Massage parlors in Atlanta so There's like a little area You guys Oh how does Ben know You know what bro I know a lot of weird Fucking weird shit I know a lot of people And there's areas You know he wanted to get A happy ending There was like sex Going on in these places Whatever And I just like You know like He was going there And he told some people That he wanted to Maybe go to Florida Or go somewhere But he wanted to hurt people In the porn industry Like yo bro What the fuck Why do you want to fuck With people in the sex uh, Business industry Like what What the fuck they do to you Like what the fuck Is wrong with you You know I mean, he just looks like a little punk-ass kid, right? He's young, he's stupid as fuck, all right? But, like, allegedly this man, Robert Long, was a repeat customer to, uh, you know, these Asian uh, massage parlors and stuff, and obviously he had some sort of weird fetish, you know, towards Asian women, and, like, you know, he ended up fucking killing eight people, all right? Six of them were Asian. Four of those Asian people were Korean, okay? Look, sidebar, I am so... Fucking sick Of white people Fetishizing Our women That geisha girl type shit Is just fucking That shit ain't it all right? It's fucking despicable Alright Now back to this idiot I hope he doesn't try to pull Some he was fucking Had diabetes Or you know what I'm saying He's fucking Forgot that he left a candle In his asshole Or some shit Or he had mental health issues And I'm not knocking mental I'm just saying man It's too fuck that Right Look, this dude was out of pocket. He needs to be hung. Like, there needs to be some whole other shit. Yeah, I know the shit happened in Charleston and everything. I'm just saying, I'm telling with this right now. Okay? He needs to be hung. No, he needs to be put in front of a shooting squad. All right? And hit with, like, 22 caliber bullets so they bounce all over. And you know what? Motherfuckers with, like, sharp shooting just use a machine gun, shoot his legs and his arms only. All right? And then let that motherfucker just live after that. Like, come on, I'm sick of this shit. Anyways, look, most of you people already know what it is. I just wanted to break down some of like the little facts that I had read from it, whatever, and people are trying to say, like, oh, it's not a hate crime, whatever. He attacked these people, and he didn't fucking like them, okay? For whatever fucking reason, who knows? Maybe the girl was like, hey, man, no, you know, I don't like your fucking, you know, your pubes smell or whatever, blah, blah. Who fucking knows? Their life is difficult as it fucking is. I'm not even going to get into the fact of, the poverty stricken Asians and how they represent a majority of the poverty line in a lot of major cities. But we're not gonna get into that, okay? Look, last night I jumped on a clubhouse into a chat room by Asian Hayes. Hey, okay, let's see if there's a different one. And I was like, oh shit, it's a lot of people in here. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just all Asians, it was black people in there, There was it was Latinos, it was all kinds of shit, all right? And finally, I, I look, I'm gonna you know, leave that little proper, like, hey, I like to talk, or the, 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 fuck all that. If anyone had anything to say with me last night, I was with all the shits, all right? I wanted all the smoke last night. Smack somebody, in the fire. I'm like, just in general. And it wasn't just, that was just everyone is soft, tap dancing and shit, okay? And so I finally let loose with my verbs, okay? And I said it before here. These discussions are cool, but last night was definitely one of the best ones I've personally witnessed, okay? But we got to start by hitting up our homies of color, All right, Asian people, hit up your black friends, hit up your Latin homies, hit up your indigenous people, all right? Start having these discussions with them. You don't need to worry about talking about this shit with Asian people anymore. Do you know? We could be like, oh, you see what happened? Cool, great. Take that shit outside, all right? Why the racism? You know, because of the stereotypes? For those of you who know this, okay, it's pretty evident, you know. If you look at my friends, you know, my circle of friends, or just in general, who I follow, people I kick with here and there, they're a big, motley crew, right? A real variety of different people from all over the world, okay? But look, I grew up that way on my own. Not by my brother, oh, I'm sorry, maybe my brother and sister definitely were a big influence, but not because of you know, my parents definitely, because there are some closed-minded motherfucking people who came in here, had no idea. And they had, that shit's a fucking, it's a disease in the Korean community. You know, I can't speak on the other race. I could just say, Koreans, there's been tensions between us and blacks forever. All right? Look, if it wasn't for black culture, if it wasn't for hip-hop, it wasn't for graffiti, DJing, breakdancing. Look, I fucking showed nothing but love. I have been doing that all my life. But what's going on now is crazy. So it's got to start at home with your parents. Most Asian parents have these misconceptions about blacks, and it's got to stop. It is our duty, your duty, to put an end to the racist behavior and the tension between our communities. Because really, we're on the same side, and we should be helping each other out. All right? It starts at home. I had to tell my dad in 1993, 92, like, listen, Ice Cube made a song called Black Korea. You don't like him? Yes, motherfucker. I didn't say motherfucker to my dad, but I'm saying like, you know, a girl was shot, a black girl was shot in the back by a Korean liquor store owner. I get it. Look, man, it's crazy. I, shit, I mostly dated black women for most of my entire life. All right? When I talk about, you know, almost getting married, I brought home a black girl to meet my mom. And my mom has only met three women in my entire life cuz you know, old-fashioned Korean parents, all right? They're strict as fuck, closed-minded. I had to tell her, you know? Like, "Look, mom, you got to learn to love her or if not, I'm doing my own thing." Like, th- that's just it. And you got to stop that shit. You know, people are like, oh, you got to keep. Look, I understand, you know, Armenian people, they're very Armenians. And certain people, look, I'm, that's great. You know, look, the future is all about mixture. All right. That's just what it is. And it's already been going down. But I just needed my parents to know they need to stop this segregation attitude, period. Okay. Like I said, it needs to start at home. My kids know my best friends are black, okay? London's godfather, black, Haitian, okay? My accountant, black. You don't get no black Muslim, Suleiman Mohammed. okay? My banker, black, Travis Wilson, okay? I make sure my kids know, yes, their skin color is different, a little darker, but they are loved by this family, and that shit don't mean nothing. We just have different cultures, all right? And I just happen to be in love with that culture, right? Don't be afraid of them. They ain't nothing awkward. My kids are cool with them around everyone. They don't give a fuck because they know what time it is, right? Starts at home, okay? They don't need to fucking just be around Asians. In fact, they don't really see a lot of Asians. They might see some Filipino people here and there, but look, we need to continue to hit these targets, hit the youth. We need more OG big homie guidance in the hood, Right? There's a disconnect between the OGs and the young youngins. They're not. They're out there acting a fool, man. Okay, this shit all can happen. We just need people to come together. There's too much like fake unity and like it's like all you got a bunch of independents together, but that's like there's no unity there, man. We can make this happen, okay? We need to plug in. All right, so there is no disconnect. The awareness amongst the Asian community is outstanding. We don't need no fucking help there, okay? Every Asian person I know in all fucking North America knows what's going on. But outside of the Asian community, it's terrible, okay? So let's talk to our friends outside the Asian community. If you don't have any friends who aren't Asian, then support your friends who do and open these discussions up, all right? We had a big town hall meeting last night amongst all these uh, record executives hosted by Universal Music Group and uh, Stop Hate AAPI and some other Asian coalitions and things. Look, I'm not an activist. I've never been. I know I have a massive platform, and I know this is a major podcast, but you know what? I was like, fuck, they asked me to do it. Let me go in here and see what's up. It was planned like weeks and weeks ago, and then all this shit happens yesterday and, or day before yesterday, and it's like, look, Universal is huge. Right, Universal Music Group, they pretty much own all the major record labels now. You know what I'm saying? It was kicked off by the new executive VP, who's a black man, Eric Hutcherson. He had a lot of inspiring, deep words. He had a great intro to kick off the whole fucking town hall. It was great. He had broke shit down. But look, when he got off, the diversity in our panelists was thin. It was a little bit, you know, it was lacking. But regardless, we had a great talk. We had great discussions with people. Very, very intelligent, very well versed. Very articulate, right? Smart people, you know, great people. I'm trying to connect with everyone. I want to help. I want to extend the motherfucking olive branch, everything, okay? We just need to do a town hall meeting again with black leaders, people who are respected in their respected fields, right? We need to have somebody who's big in sports, who's big in music, who's big in acting, who's big in tech, you know, Latin, Latinx, whatever, right? It can happen. If you rock with me, then you rock with what I'm saying. means you rock with Miles Davis, producer, Asian, all right? Look, motherfucking legal cartel, that theme song you just heard. Black men, okay? Now, look, I know that was some heavy-ass talk, but it had to be said. Shit that's uncomfortable, I don't want to fucking say, I have no choice. I got to say it. But look, now that that's out the way, and I hope that that shit's stuck in your brain, Okay We're gonna lighten the mood up a little bit We got a very special guest coming on the show right now Who has gone through a hell Of a lot of life's lessons In a short amount of time He's learning from his mistakes And uh, he's faced true adversity For real And I think a lot of you can learn from this guy So let's bring up my boy Fousey. all right, Up to the mic And let's let him talk that shit all right, Yo Miles, cue up this interview bro Yo, yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, we have a very special guest on the show today He goes by the name Fousey, and like, he has one of the fucking biggest channels on YouTube He's got 10.5 million subscribers or some shit, tube. but his actual real name is Yusef, but no one calls him Actually, he does call himself that, but look, this is the first time we've had a YouTuber on BTB Yo, Fusey, what's good, baby?
1: was good, baby. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that uh, you didn't call me fussy Tube, and you said foosy because I dropped the tube a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I just kind of brought it up just in case some people maybe know that from there, you know, so I just, you know, it was just Fousey.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, okay, I was about to do what I normally do and say something negative about myself when you said, like, the biggest channel on YouTube, but I'm not even going to self-deprecate myself like that. Hey, so. fuck
0: them, you're we're gonna get into all that in a second, bro. I want to start off by saying, um, I'm really glad that you know that we could uh have this discussion. You know, I don't think there was ever. I think a lot of people have a hard time deciphering trolling and actual hate or whatever. But um, I'm glad that we are on here on a professional level, and I want to have a discussion with you because you know, genuinely, even though I talk a lot of shit, I do want you know, to understand that, like, bro, I'm, I didn't get to where I was. By being like, you know, Takashi 69 or something. You know what I mean, bro? I've been in the game decades, right? So, you know, I want you to see that, that, you know, we could have a a grown man talk about some important things I want to, you know, talk to you about.
1: 100%. You know what's funny about that? Remember how we did an Instagram Live together like a month ago or something? Yeah. Somebody actually uploaded that to YouTube and was like, they titled it, Ben Baller puts Fusi in his place live on Instagram. And I'm like, what? What? We had a regular... Like, he was giving me advice and, like, life tips and all this stuff. Like, I don't get it. So people do have, like, misconceptions, I guess, that there was, like, hatred or something?
0: Yeah, no, dude. I got no hate for you, bro. I've never ever, I've actually, in any public forum, have I ever spoke in a negative light about you. Never. No,
1: I know that. I know that for a fact. And I, I know it's always been cool. So that's why it was just, it's just funny how, like, you know, people twist things all the time.
0: Yeah, it's fucking weird. So, bro, let's get where it started. You're from the Bay Area, man. I didn't even know that.
1: I'm from 510 Fremont, California, born and raised my whole life. I went to school at San Jose State University, so I've been a Bay boy my whole life. I actually didn't even come out to L.A. until 2013 because I thought that's where my dreams lied, not knowing that, you know, like, my heart's always going to be with the Bay.
0: Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you, you know I got ties to the Bay, right? So, or do you not know that?
1: I didn't know that.
0: Okay, so I got my scholarship playing football for Cal. Then I transferred to SF State, graduated from there So, you know, I lived in the Bay for four or five years My brother went to Cal, graduated from there He's a lot older than me And so, I grew up in a real weird time And I got kicked out of a lot of schools I'm not going to get too deep into it Because this is your your episode But, you know, I ended up going to high school in the Bay For almost a year In a small town called Albany Right, right next to Berkeley So, I've always had this love for the Bay And then, like, you know, I just I grew up in a certain era where I was able to grow up with some legends, right? And then I worked in the music business, so you know I had ties to the Bay there. And then like 3 4 years ago I decided to get an apartment there because I was, you know, my I have so much, you know, cannabis business out there, so like I have like a lot of ties to the Bay. Like I'm there all the time, you know, I you know and been going back and forth for the last 30 years. Um what have you been doing during the pandemic, bro?
1: During the pandemic, man that's crazy that you asked that. So to answer that, I got to take you back to 2020 to when it started. So when the pandemic hit, I was actually in the like, I think, and I know I've had many low points in life. One of my like, it was the start of me recovering from rock bottom. And what a lot of people don't know is that when you recover from rock bottom, it doesn't mean you automatically start inclining and going up like you're still there and you're you're like, you're at the bottom of the well looking up, looking for the rope on how to get up. So what I did was I went and I lived with my parents who have a house in San Diego, and I was completely off social media. I was convinced that I wasn't going back to social media and my career was done and all that stuff. And for whatever reason, I learned about drop shipping, And I paid for a course and I learned how to open up Amazon drop shipping businesses. And I opened up three businesses. Baby Strolly, thought I was going to sell baby strollers. Drop Blanket, thought I was going to sell weighted blankets. And another one called Yoga Plum, thought I was going to sell yoga women's attire. Spent about three months doing it during the pandemic, every single day, morning and night, calling distributors, yada, 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 this and this. Moral of that story, all three businesses failed. Um, And that's how the beginning of my pandemic actually started. Fuck. Nah, it's not fuck. I mean
0: no i'm like, just just look dog i just always want people to do good you know like no matter what people yeah, think yeah
1: yeah but like to me it was like it was better to try to find a solution on how to get myself out of the hole that i was in rather than waking up and doing nothing in my parents house every day and doing the same routine every single day so like i had a drive i had a purpose i had like i wanted it to succeed so like I put my all into it, and it was good feeling that I had a reason to wake up each day, even though I didn't want to.
0: Right. And I want to get into that later because I don't want to get too heavy right now. We're gonna get heavy in about five, ten minutes. Yeah, but, yeah. No, you know, no, I
1: won't get heavy. So I tried that. It didn't work out. Um, and then um, I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna go like I've been doing YouTube eleven years. Like, yeah, I said I'm never coming back. Da da da. It is what it is. Like. I went back and I started like just making videos again on my FouseyTube channel that you talked about. But the channel was dead. The algorithm was dead. The views were dead. It just wasn't the same. And I really wasn't in my best artistic place where I could even – like I wasn't making good content. I was making content that I just thought people would like and that would work. And that didn't even work. So my – Everything that I went through, though, through the pandemic led me to where I'm at now, which I'm sure we'll get to, which is a really good point. But I had to go through a lot of struggles to get there. Like I did Twitch for about six months in 2020, where I went on live stream every single night at 7 p.m. But the problem was, in order to be entertaining for my audience, I was resorting to drinking and smoking weed. I would make a fool out of myself. I would do some outlandish shit, say some outlandish shit, wake up the next day Somebody uploads that content to YouTube, and I got thousands of people talking about how, like, damn, this dude really fell off. He's really going crazy. Oh, man. Ended up, ended up finally, like, I, I told my parents, I was like, yo, I'm done with Twitch. They were like, it's your only source of income. I was like, yeah, but I'll find another source. Ended up leaving Twitch. Uh, broke up with my girlfriend at the time for personal reasons. And then that's when everything just clicked. Like, all the ideas that I, like, had in my head for my future came which is what I'm doing now in 2021. So 2020, although it was like the hardest struggle for me as it was for so many people around the world, and I know a lot of people that can negate that on my end because they can presume, yo, but you have money, you have this, you, you, don't, you, you don't know Man, what it's like. That shit don't
0: mean nothing, bro, yeah.
1: Everybody, Everybody has their own struggles. Although it was a struggle, I look at it as the biggest and best year of my life because of what I learned and where it led me to now in 2021 at 31 years old
0: right so let's go back real quick yeah did you take coronavirus serious or were you kind of just like oh well you know fuck i'm young i'm i'm okay i'll be straight
1: all right i'll keep it 100 with you like deep down inside did i feel like i took it like did i care no did i still take it seriously because of the people i was around my grandma my mom my dad like having to work with different people yes like mask always on always hand sanitizer always okay washing, good,
0: good 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 social man.
1: distance and i actually lost family members to covid and that's when it actually hit me like oh so this shit ain't a joke as like you know at me being young wanting to feel like it is this shit's real
0: yeah and you know i was one of the first people ever i don't need an award for it it's on archived I was one of the first people to talk about it on the podcast, and I was trending in the COVID space. Remember, there's millions of podcasts, fam. There's 2.1 million podcasts on the iOS system right now. When I joined, there was like 700-something thousand. There was over a million when the pack and, and people are like, yo, you tripping. I was one of the first people to tell people, hey, bro, it's time to start getting, you know, I, I at least gave people a heads up, so go get your toilet paper, go get your food, go get this, go get this, this, and this, and, you know, it's, I think that helped some people here and there. But, uh, so, okay, you moved back in with your parents in San Diego. Yeah. Um, that's never fun. You know, no matter how much you love your family and everything, it's, you know, you're at a certain point point you leave the nest and you're a grown man you don't want to like... And I think we have similar um, households because, you know, Korean people are very strict. Uh, Arab people are very, 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 very strict. One of my best friends, well, I I grew up with Arabs all my life, you know. Explain how it was growing up in a strict, traditional Arab home.
1: So, it's funny. I write about this in my book um, coming out this year. I lived... A double life as a Muslim American, as I'm sure so many people, because I get DMs out the ass of kids telling me like, yo, like I go through the same things you go through. I just can't say it publicly. So, like, to be fair, though, because I'm the youngest in my family, my parents were most lenient with me. So my brothers and my sisters had it hardest with their strictness. When it came to me, they were much more lenient. So I went out, I went to my high school parties. Um, I was in a fraternity. I drank, I smoked, I did all that. But at home, I was a different person. It was like, I would go out and be somebody like, yo, mom, I'm going to my boy's house. We're going to chill, go to a party, do this, this and the other, and then come home and be like, oh, yeah, that was fun. It was good. Or like, come home at five in the morning. My dad opening the door because I forgot my keys. My eyes being blazing red and me looking at the ground, just walking past and being like, oh, good night, Baba. So I discussed that and what it was like and the boundaries that it set for me. And I think my parents were good with it because they allowed me to make my own mistakes and learn right from wrong. Whereas like some of my aunts were really, 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 really strict with their children to the point where when their children finally became of age of like 18 and got to do what they want, they went from zero to 100 real quick because they wanted to do everything their parents never allowed them to do.
0: Right, right. So let me ask you then. So so when did you start your YouTube channel?
1: I was a theater arts major at San Jose State University in the year of 2011. And I was sitting in class one day and the best actor from the year before who won the award came to class to tell us what he was doing. And I'm expecting him to be like, yo, I'm starring in this movie. I'm doing this audition. da da And he was like, I'm working at Applebee's. I'm going like I'm trying to audition and I'm praying for the best. My heart sank because I was like, my brother went to Harvard. He was a he became a doctor. My oh, sister shit. went to Berkeley and Bolt. She became a lawyer. My other brother went to Berkeley, became a pediatrician. Here I am at San Jose State University trying to be a theater arts major, trying to become an actor. I knew, I learned that getting a degree was not going to get my foot into the door into Hollywood and I needed to do something on my own. So I started my own YouTube channel at the time called PussyTube because I was like, I'm going to get the eyes that I need on me, on me, on my own and not wait for the opportunity to unfold. And mind you, this is before YouTube became what it is today. Like in 2011, YouTube wasn't YouTube. Like it was a, a different animal, a different, it wasn't even like corporate yet.
0: And it was even mostly people were going on there looking for music, you know what I'm saying? And shit like that. And just like
1: Yeah, and like old you can fight fight videos. count the amount of creators that were on there at the time. Like you can name the big creators who were on there. I had my inspiration. Shout out Timothy De La ghetto. I always shout him out any chance I get because he inspired me. He taught me about being humble from day one, because at the time I was an aspiring YouTuber and like I had like no subscribers, but I would tweet him or send him my videos and be like, can you review this for me? And he would tweet back and be like, yo, I think you should go harder or you should change this. Like and even when I got his phone number, he was a person who whenever I texted him with anything, even to this day, even if we haven't talked in however long, I'll get a reply back within minutes, and I don't. You don't get that from a lot of people. <laughs> you, want,
0: you want to hear something funny? I don't think Tim is. And look, I, dog, we and him are cool. Like we got no beef, nothing. We didn't kick it here and there. I don't think Tim is funny at all. I've watched maybe a couple videos, the music, whatever, the wild and out shit. I don't get it with him, bro. But the good, you know, cool that he's doing it. It's just damn, yeah, okay. dog. It just don't. And I'm being real with you, bro. It's just, but but at the same time, he's a nice dude. We got mutual friends. He's done well for himself and everything else. I just never. It just never got it, you know, I feel like, even a way, like, King Botch, right, I'm not really a big fan of his, but there's videos of his that made me laugh, Another part, you know, people get mad, but I know, like, me and him are cool here and there, whatever, so I, like, I look past it, I guess because I don't know Tim that well, you know, I could see, but you're saying some good things, I'm just telling you, it's funny, because, you know, sometimes you could be early, you could be on it, like, and again, I'm not saying, I mean, I, I guess that is negative, fuck it, it is what it is, I've said it, I don't really, you know, take back words, I say, but, like, um, going on to the um, Ryan Higa and those guys I know Ryan too I've never really understood that either Because I think he was really high subscribed uh, YouTuber, right?
1: He was like number one most subscribed at the time
0: Yeah, and then to Wong Fu Are those guys like they were big too?
1: Wong Fu was really big at the time
0: Yeah, I just don't like I never got any of that shit But cool, look, look Those guys are nice it, guys
1: I'll, I'll keep it real with you too Like Look at, talk, look at Instagram comedy today Or TikTok comedy today, right? That shit's not funny to me. Like, even my own friends, I'll open up and I'll watch a TikTok and I'll I'll, re- I'll look at the comments and it's everybody with, like, crying. Even my own shit, man. I cringe at my own shit and I post it and I'll have people like leaving crying face bro, bro, under it.
0: You know who's funny? My boy Desi Banks. That motherfucker is funny, bro. Desi is a, he's funny. He's, he's definitely a newer dude, but he's killing it. I um, can't even say I know who that is. Bro, he is fucking. I'll send you. I'm gonna send you a couple things or you're just gonna die. That motherfucker is funny. Definitely I'm not under- doubting it,
1: I'm just saying I don't know who
0: he is. That doesn't mean anything too. Look, look, bro, there's a bunch of music I don't know. There's a bunch of people, there's so many people out here now that you could have 50 million followers. I never heard your fucking name. That don't mean shit. hundred percent. So it's 100%. all good, you know. But yeah, Desi gets like 30,000 comments on these things, get a bunch. Of- he's he's very dope. But like, what year did you do the Mortal Kombat video?
1: Moral Combat, I want to say that was like 2015.
0: Oh, that was that recent?
1: That's not recent, bro. That's six years ago.
0: Shit, I thought that was like eight. So what did you do before that? Like, how?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started, and when I started, I knew that the formula to my success, although any creator I asked at the time, how do you make a viral video? Their answer was you can't. You can't make a viral video. But when I started, my formula for success was, every video I make is going to be a viral video. So that's what I would shoot for each time. I didn't just shoot for basics. I shot for viral from day one. So my first viral video came like a couple of months into my YouTube career, which is when I dressed up as my mom, my dad, my brother, my grandma, my sister. And I did a video called Middle Eastern Parents, where I reenacted what it's like to live in a (laughs) Middle Eastern household, basically like Tyler Perry.
0: I remember seeing that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I I ran with that for a hot minute. I did the Middle Eastern sketches for years. And then one day I do a prank, a stupid ass prank, something like it took me minutes to do. And it did better than my skits do that I put my heart and soul into. So when I I'm jumping a bit here, but when I moved to L.A. after I graduated in 2013, which is a whole story in itself, how I got to L.A., but I filmed my first skit in L.A. and it bombed like all the comments were like, bro, you lost it. You're not funny no more. It's over. Go get a job. And my heart sank. So I was like, how the fuck? I just came to L.A. How am I going to pay my bills? Damn. So I quickly learned the scene about pranks and pranks being fake and how to do them. And me being a, like having a theater background and directing and all this stuff, knew how to direct fake pranks really, 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 really well. And I would go out and in 30 minutes create something that would get a million views 30 minutes after I upload, not having to do anything. And I ran with that. So I dropped the skits and then ran with the pranks for as long as I could run those.
0: Okay. So hold on. Wait a second. So it's good to know you're a theater major. I got my degree in cinematography, you know, so I know I'm saying it. It's crazy that, you know, I haven't used my professional degree ever. Like I did make a, a feature film. I have a real movie that's out there. You know, it was in the theaters for a short amount of time. I mm. fucking produced, direct. You know, saying uh, uh, wrote story, acted in it. Boom, whatever. Small movie. But what I'm getting at is, I never used my craft, my love. I was really wanted to be, you know, a director, producer in films, and never got into that in all my life. All the careers I've had, which some people are lucky to have one successful career. You know, I've had a couple. That's good to see because when I think about. Just literally speaking, right now, the beginning of this interview, when I called you, having a little vision in my head, I thought about. I was like, you know what? Actually, Fusey could do like a serious thing. Like he has a face where he, I could see that you have a thespian quality. You know, that's crazy that you saw that you had to do what was going to make the needle move and do pranks,
1: bro. I've, that's the thing about me. When I never so like, I love that you said you've had so many different careers because if we're talking about in the lifespan of YouTube. If I had stuck to one formula, which was the skits, my career would have been done in 2013. But I've always known how to like reinvent when I yourself. The peak of the Middle Eastern movement. I was about to release an episode called Middle Eastern Family Episode Five, where everybody was going to find out who my mom was going to arrange me in a marriage with. I never released the episode, I just left it because I knew I'd rather leave it at my top where everybody's loving it, wanting me the most than to uh, milk the cow so much where people are like, you're just not funny anymore. This shit's tired. So as soon as they they got to that point, I switched to pranks. As soon as I got tired of holding in the secret of pranks being fake, I self-sabotaged, came out with a video. Yeah, pranks are fake. My pranks are fake. Everybody's videos. Pranks are fake. Wait a second.
0: Hold on. Stop, bro. Stop. You're telling me the Mortal Kombat shit was fake?
1: I mean, I ain't going to lie to you. No, tell me
0: the truth, bro. So you tell me even like with the black dude that was in the elevator, he's like, hey, man, you scared the shit out of me, bro. He knew about
1: it before? 100%. I was, so the thing is like anybody can go out there and fake a prank. You open TikTok nowadays, 99% of the pranks that the boyfriends are doing on their girlfriends, the kids are doing on their dads, all that shit is fake. The difference is their shit is trash. And they just have little kids who are like very impressionable and like it. My shit, my shit was directed in a way where like, it's not even the fact that it passed off as real. It like, it had an authenticity to it because I'll tell you the truth and I've never said this anywhere. I wasn't going to say this until my book. I directed every single little action that they did in their reaction. What they said, how they said it, how they moved, how their face moved—like even the
0: even the Asian girl screaming and everything. Boom! whatever, other people running out? Like you jumping into a room, like that was everything. crazy. That's that's honestly tell you, yo, that's a fucking gift, bro. Because there was these guys for a little bit, and I don't know if you know my affiliation. Um, one of my best friends, you know, he founded World Star. Rest in peace, Q. Um, you know, he left my son. A small piece of the company you know like that's how close i'm you know and like you know he posted a lot of pranks here and there and boom and there was these guys that would go on there they're like little straight up jewish kids from new york you know like russian jews maybe or they're they might have been middle eastern i don't know they they were definitely you know from that part and um they were called octv ock oh god bro i know for a fact that the shit wasn't fake because there was a couple of times where they got like subpoenas that were sent to World Star. And then, you know, because they were, like, fucking with people, boom, and, you know, one dude, they would really get punched, and then one dude dropped a gun, you know, that was, like, real, and then the, and a subpoena came out because the dude was wanted for something. So I know that that one and a few of them were real. So I can't say everything was fucking fake, but, I mean, go on, man. I'm sorry, bro.
1: I mean, look, so when I went to L.A., right? And my pranks started uh, taking off. I got into the circle of the prank world, and when I was with the big, I mean, I'm revealing everything I write about in my book. But I got invited into like the circle of the big dogs, and in the one of the first conversations I had, like the word fake pranks came out, and I was like, my jaw dropped, and I was like, wait, y'all fake your pranks? And they were like, everybody fakes their pranks, and that's when I knew like. You got to play the game to change the game or be that broke mother effort talking about I stayed true. And I went home that day and I looked at all my boys, my team, who was just like one camera guy, and my boy. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm going to play the game. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm going to do exactly what they're doing. And God, I did that. Damn, I'm so, so
0: damn I'm mad at you now, bro. <laughs> no,
1: nah, I mean, it is what it is. But look, I, like look what's so fucking crazy, man. When I came out with my videos about like, oh, my pranks are fake, I literally got more scrutiny and more adversity and more hate thrown at me than some dudes today get when they do sexual misconduct against women, underage women oh, and all damn, this. Shit, that's crazy. I'll never fucking understand. Like people to this day, oh, shut the fuck up. You fake your pranks. They won't even give that same energy to their favorite YouTuber who talks oh, okay. to
0: my Look, let me ask you something. Was it Jake Paul or Logan Paul that went into the suicide forest in Japan? Logan Paul. Oh, is Logan, Logan, is Logan older or younger? I forgot. I don't know. Older. Okay. You think he went there and did that shit just like on some like fake shit? Or do you think he just didn't know?
1: I think he didn't know.
0: I mean, bro, he literally could. I mean, he, that was probably the closest he probably came to never having a career ever again.
1: And he came back from that shit. But people give me shit for faking a fucking prank?
0: That is fucking crazy, bro. I never knew that the Mortal Kombat, all that like, okay, hold on. Let's talk about finances. Fuck this. Hold on. So, like your first major viral video. What what was it? Was it the um the Middle Eastern family
1: one? It was the Middle Eastern ones.
0: Okay. Could you give nah, us some- nah,
1: and then and then it was shit Drake says.
0: Okay, and we're gonna get into that in a little bit too, then. What did that video give you? Like, did it give you 10 G's, 20 G's? Like, I don't because I have no clue, and I'm just and I'm this is a business podcast.
1: Here's a funny story. So early on in my YouTube career, I signed with this YouTube network, right? And all my videos were banging. I was getting views out the ass. And each month, I would get a check for like $300. And I would be like, ooh, like I thought I was doing my thing. Come to find out a year later, this is after shit Drake says, after my Middle Eastern videos, after all some of my biggest viral hits, a year later. I signed with a real YouTube network and they tell me that the guy who I was signed with was a guy running a fake network out of his garage and every month he was pocketing all my money and just giving me 300 out of it because the first paycheck they ever gave me, they were like, hey, so we just took over your account from his account. We're wiring $25,000 to your account. Jesus I started crying Christ. in the airport because I had never seen that kind of money in my life. I called my mom and I was like, you're never going to have to work again. So for my first year, all my money was stolen from me to this guy in a garage. Damn, bro.
0: Where is that dude?
1: No idea. Me, Don't even know the name of the network.
0: We need to fuck dude up. Okay, so like, uh, let's say for Mortal Kombat, when that happened that year, right? You're already four years in the game. Okay. Uh-huh. What would you say you were making on YouTube a year?
1: On YouTube, okay, so I'll say it like this because I, I don't, my pranks, I would post a prank and each day would generate maybe a G,
0: right? Oh, shit, okay.
1: And then, but my greatest, my greatest month on YouTube was my daily, when I, it wasn't even on my main channel, FouseyTube, it was when I did daily vlogs. And one month I had made, I don't, I don't remember the exact number because if I say the wrong number, people are going to say, oh, you said Dog, don't trip, bro. Then. Come
0: on, man, we ain't like that, what's up?
1: It was like 350000 In a month? In a month. Okay. And my dumbass, instead of... I was getting so many checks at the time, like literally at my doorstep at the time because I believed in the law of attraction. I was getting like $60,000 check, $100,000 check, $10,000 check. And like checks were literally uncashed, piled up on my thing. But instead of being grateful and understanding how fast it could slip, my dumbass goes on Twitter for no reason... And goes on a rant about, this is fucking stupid. Why am I making this much money when doctors don't oh, even make this much? Oh, my God,
0: bro. Yeah, like, that's crazy, dog. You sunk yourself, bro.
1: I sunk myself because the universe heard that and fucked me royally.
0: Okay. So your money was affected after that?
1: 100%.
0: You, I'm, Dog, I'm, remind me to smack you when I see you, man. So um, let's get into this before we get into the book and mental health and everything, bro. Like, Do you know my relationship with Drake? I don't. Okay. You don't know that me and him been boys? And, like, I was, like, one of the first people that like, not discovered him, but, like, promoted him out there and everything?
1: Bro, I don't. But you should—do you know about my story with Dre? I
0: didn't. I just Googled it earlier when we were talking about getting on the show. And, like, bro, when you when So Far Gone 10-year anniversary came out, he shouted out, like, 10, 11 people because it was, like, his first—you know, that's what started him. You know, that, that made the big thing. And he's like, yo, Ben Baller, he's like, 10 years ago— you fucking promoted my album like you was getting a piece of my entire career you did bro he stopped his show the summer 16 tour at the end of the show we're going back to you know like dog i'm with this dude i've been on tour with him i don't know how many times it's a personal friend of mine like the biggest artist in the world the show is over he's had dr dre come up there with him and do songs snoop you name it everything and at the end of the show he walks off i'm at the side of the stage there's it, the place is sold out, bro. He sold out, Staples Center was sold out five days in a row. Then he sold out the forum, like five nights in a row. And I'm ready to go into the back room with all the fam. And he's like, yo, yo, I gotta say something to my boy Ben Baller. Yo, when I had nothing, when I was nobody, this motherfucker picked me up at the airport, got me money, got me cars, whatever, blah, blah, blah anything I needed. Yo, I love you, bro. And I was like, what the fuck? Like a lot of people, because he's such a big star at that time, a lot of the huge celebrities that were in the audience that night, they all hit me, were like, damn, dog, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody at that level stop a show and say that and end the show with that. It was pretty crazy, you know?
1: I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. On my bucket list, and I'm not even just saying this because you brought that up. I'm just going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real because till this day, people tweet me and one of the things people think they affect me the most by commenting me, oh, is Drake coming? Did Drake show up yet? Uh, Did you meet Drake yet? (laughs) On my bucket list, I pray, and I put this on my vision board, that one day, Whatever, the universe aligns, I get to talk to the man and just tell him the story of what happened on that day.
0: Okay, so I Googled it. Don't know anything about this. But what the fuck happened? Like, I don't get it. And then he, he, I guess he commented back about what, all the stuff you did. So in a very short, like, just describe it, in a bridge form.
1: Long story short, like the longest story short, Drake rents out Delilah. I get I'm going through a manic episode. Um, I'm off Adderall. I'm off a bunch of shit. I'm out of SUV, Uber screaming, Drake, where you at? I'm coming to find you. I got to invite you to my event tomorrow. Like I'm going crazy. I pull up to Delilah. My boy goes up to the front. The security goes, hey, this shit, you're not getting in tonight, whatever, whatever. Long story short, because I talk about it in my book. I get in. Um, a guy sneaks me in through the back door. He goes, yo, every celebrity and their mother is here tonight. Let God lead the way. Whatever. I go from one celebrity yelling in their face like, yo, I'm going a, I'm to a throw an event tomorrow to end racism. And I'm going to gonna give a motivational speech that's going to change the world. Da, da, da. Where's Drake? I got to invite him. I go to the next celebrity. I go to the next celebrity. And I write about all these celebrities. because I still have the tweets. About, I, I was tweeting it as it was happening. Ben. Nobody believes me about this shit, but I'm gonna tell you straight up, and I have no reason to lie after all these years since I'm already condemned a liar about it. It's the end of the night. Everybody's out the club except for one huge entourage, which was Drake's entourage, and a bunch of girls sitting on a couch, like, you know, next to him, some IG models that I remembered. I'm shaking, and I know that there's some energy and electricity going on. I turn around. Drake's dad walks by me. He knows me from the Tyler Perry Medea movie premiere we met there. I tried talking to him. He's a little too lit. It doesn't work out. There was a gentleman behind him who was like escorting him with his hand on his back that I just stand in front of and stops to talk to me. I go off on the most wild rant of my life to this guy's face saying like, yo, I'm going to change the world tomorrow. I'm going to do this. I'm the next Tony Robbins. The only difference is my name is Yusuf Salah God. I need Drake at my event. Yada, 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 yada. I rented out the Greek theater. I flew out all these artists from around the world. Da, 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 da. He looks at me. I swear to God. He puts his hand up. He goes, wow. He goes, that shit's all crazy, but I got one question for you. How did you know my name? I look at him, and the first thing that came out of my mouth, I have no idea who you are. I've never met you in my life. If your name came out of my mouth, God did that. The guy was fucking shook. I swear to you, I hadn't seen Drake the whole night. This guy says, hold on, walks through the entourage, and it was like they were splitting like the river. And for the first time of the night, I see Drake. The guy who I just spoke to goes to Drake's ear and whispers, Everything that I just told him in his fucking ear. I'm fucking like, my electricity levels are through the fucking roof. Drake starts walking out the club. He says bye to an NBA player. He's literally face to face with me. I don't take it as an advantage to try to talk to him, take a picture, whatever. He moves. The guy looks at me, goes, I got you. Take my number. I save his number under my phone, under God's plan. The next morning... I make a flyer that says Drake, July 15th, like Drake's coming to the event. And I texted to this dude who took my words and said it to Drake's ear and came up to me and said, I got you tomorrow. The text says red. Now, if this guy thought I was a lunatic or a psycho or like, what the fuck are you doing trying to misrepresent that Drake's going to be at your event? He would have been like, yo, we're about to send you a cease and desist. Are you fucking psycho? He didn't text nothing, but it was red. I sent him another text. Yo, I'm so excited for fucking tonight. I can't believe you're actually going to fucking come. Text says red. Every single text I sent said red to the guy who literally took my words and put them in Drake's ear. The event starts. There's 71,000 people watching live before artists even begin performing. Just the warm ups are on there. Doors are just opening. As I'm pulling up to the event in an Uber, my girlfriend calls me crying and says, somebody just called in a bomb threat. The event is canceled. Over the next week, Fousey's a liar. Fousey's a manipulator. Fousey never met Drake. Fousey's psychotic. He called in his own bomb threat. Drake's, oh, Drake's out with a statement. Oh, we don't even know the kid. We 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 had no idea. Like We were never going to be there. Yada, yada. Like, what else are they fucking going to say? But one day, I hope to tell Drake this fucking story and be like, yes, I was manic. Yes, I shouldn't have snuck into your club. Yes, I was wrong. But I swear to God, that okay. story is how it happened.
0: Bro, can you say who the dude was? No. To this day, I can't. Okay. You gonna tell me offline, bro. That This is crazy. This is fucking nuts. Bro, I know this guy. He's like my bro. You know what I mean? He's literally like my brother. He's like my little brother that I've, you know, done whatever. But he's just, I don't bother him about shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's fucking crazy. And on top of that, bro, he's at Delilah all the fucking time, bro. He damn near lived there for so long. You know what I mean? My boy, Brian Toll, owns Delilah. So it's like, he's always there.
1: It's crazy because when I was outside, I called Ovio Johnny, who's Ovio Ryan's brother. I'm sure you know everybody. Yeah, Because I got my first tattoo of a dollar and muffin my dogs at Johnny's shop. And I'm outside of Delilah and I call Johnny and I go, Johnny, I'm outside of the club. I'm trying to sneak in. Am I like, is this wrong of me? Am I like doing something wrong and on in industry standards? And he gave me the green light to just do it and go for it. Like not saying like, oh, go talk to Drake, but he didn't stop me.
0: Hold on. Let's rewind for a second. You had seven. Okay. First of all, you rented out the Greek theater,
1: bro. This, this is the event, the day that changed my life, made me lose all my finances, everything. Okay. Who was supposed to perform? I'd have to look back at my list of I got like just think of somebody
0: big, it's a couple of big people, that's all.
1: Uh, I had message 40, 40 never gave me a thing. I don't know about too short. I don't know about oh, what's his name had put, sent a video about it. I want to say, uh, what's that oh, what's that one fucking song? Um, oh, this makes me sound stupid, but I was manic at the time and was psycho. but there was a list of artists, smaller artists like Dax before he blew up. But there were some big artists that had given the approval and had even I had posted on my Instagram that they were coming. So after this podcast, I can go to my archive, look at who had posted and I had posted about who had given me the green light that they were coming. But I you, sold out, them but and you I,
0: sold out the Greek theater.
1: I gave out 5,600 tickets for free. I wasn't going to make a dollar on the event.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay.
1: Live Nation and Ticketmaster had told my the guy who was helping me manage this at the time, if all goes well, we're going to give you a $2 million advance for the next one because I was going to take it and travel it around the world. It was going to be a tour called Hate Dies, Love Arrives, like the next Coachella. I was going to arrive in a city. You don't know who the artist was going to be. It was going to be like the Royal Rumble. It was going to be like 10. Hey, bro, not- at least,
0: look, at least you went and aimed for the motherfucking stars. You know what I'm saying? like.
1: Bro, you- I aimed for the fucking, I aimed for heaven. I told all my boys, I'm going to buy you a house after this. I'm going to invest in your career. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, I thought my life was changed forever. I was, you know how bad I embarrassed myself? I was fucking sending video messages to Lenny S saying, yo, Lenny, I need Khaled at the event. I need this. I need that. And then once the event goes to shit and I go down as a manic psycho and the news reports come out. My reputation is tarnished in everybody's eyes. It's over. I fled the country. Do,
0: do, do you know my relationship with Lenny S yes, or
1: no? No. Saw <laughs> him so in Vegas a couple of years later. He gave me a quick gap and moved away hella fast. Like I ain't messing with this
0: crazy again, bro. I'm I'm a Rockefeller Records OG. What the
1: fuck?
0: Okay, I helped sign Jay Z for his first album, bro. Look at Lenny was a fucking intern back then. Like I'm working with Lenny right now on something, and just that's just my fam. But this is fucking crazy. Okay, so obviously now. Everything we've talked about has made sense now. And I'm glad we waited for, well, I'm glad I waited to ask you this. So let's fucking discuss the most important part, the wagyu steak of this interview, mental health. So I was going to ask you what triggered it, but Jesus Christ, all that shit and and, and the L, the big fucking fat L and everything else, and you being manic, whatever. So was that a, a big part of why you broke down or was there something else?
1: I found out I was bipolar and went through depression since I was, uh, I think I initially got diagnosed when I was 21. I had a, a, a bad anxiety attack in college. I knew something was wrong. I went to get diagnosed, found out, called my mom, told her, yo mama, the doctor's trying to tell me I'm bipolar and I suffer from this severe depression. My mom starts crying and she goes, Yusuf, your whole father's side of the family goes through this but you don't need anything. You don't need medications. You're good. Like, you can get through this. And I knew something was wrong. Through all my years on YouTube, even on my happiest days where people thought I was the fucking happiest person on earth doing these pranks, making people laugh, I was one of the most depressed people out there. I would, I was, Um. for example, when I was like at the top 1% of YouTube before Logan Paul even did YouTube, I was paying 13500 a month to live in 1600 Vine in their biggest penthouse that they have. And I was living next door to Logan Paul, Lele Pons, Rudy Moncuso, and all the people who are controlling the game today. And you would think that I invited King Batch. And you would think that I invited them all over to my penthouse every day to party and uh, network and everything. My depression would get me to isolate by myself and hide myself in my apartment every day and go out and do my addiction. I was a miserable mess. I suffered from it my whole life. That event was caused by... Me deciding to get off my mental health medications, because the first time I tried Adderall, I felt like Adderall made me feel like I would have felt if I was born without a mental illness. It gave me my drive. It gave me my passion. It gave me my focus. It gave me my, you know, the ecstasy of life. And it felt like that's how I would have felt if I wasn't, um, you know, going through what I went through. So I abused the fuck out of it. and. My massive breakdown and meltdown and manic episode was a combination of ego. My ego trying to prove a point like, yo, I didn't fall off. I'll show y'all who the fuck I am and who started this shit. Um, me being on three, like taking three Adderalls a day, um, smoking weed with it. And my depression just being at an all time high. I just it's my breaking point. Fame had destroyed me. Um, and I just that was it.
0: Okay, so Jesus Christ, so you took like a little bit of a hiatus, right?
1: Bro, I dipped the country because I become like the most hated person on the fucking. I'm telling you, nobody's ever been hated. People talk about getting hate on the Internet. Nobody's ever been hated as much as me on the Internet. Became the number one most hated person on the Internet, fled the country, went to Bali with the last10,000 dollars I had in cash, thought I was never coming back, thought I was gone forever. I'm in Bali. I got a friend of mine or who was a friend of mine uploading exposed videos on me because of some bullshit that happened. Ended up smashing my head through a window in Bali at a retreat. Uh, the, The yoga instructor and the therapist come into my room the next day and say, yo, we fear for your safety. We feel like you should go home and be with family. You shouldn't be here alone right now. Ended up going home to San Diego where my parents met me in the airport. I get caught by TSA having $10,000 in cash on me because I thought I was gonna leave forever and I thought that was gonna help me. I'm telling you everything that's in my book, so I'm gonna answer look, everything. Look, look, look,
0: look, 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 look. Let's stop you there, okay? During this time, just give me a rough idea year-wise what, what year this is.
1: 2018.
0: Okay, 2018, I randomly catch you outside round two. I had a meeting with Sean Witherspoon about something because, you know, I, I helped design his Air Force, his Air Jordan, I mean, Jesus that was, Christ.
1: That was during the manic phase.
0: Yeah, yeah. I never in a million years thought that that shoe would be what it was, right? It's literally now forever going to be one of the most iconic Air Max designs, boom, I helped design the shoe, boom. So I'm sitting there having a conversation, and now I physically see you for the first time in my life. After all these years of seeing you here and there, boom, how, whatever, right? Bro, I looked at your face, and I've never seen anybody. And bro, think about how old I am, fam. I'm 48, dog. I've been around the world. I've met everyone you could think of. I've been to 34 38 countries. I've traveled everywhere. I've seen the bad. I've been in the you know, I've been depressed. I've been through shit. Like, dog, you had seemed completely depleted. Like it was, I thought about it driving home. I was like, damn, bro, like he didn't look good, man. Like, what the fuck, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like that really sucks. You know, and I didn't know anything about you, it was just crazy, you know. I just was wondering, I was like, oh, what happened to dude? You know what I mean? I think I might have even went home and watched the video that night, the Mortal Kombat shit, because I loved it so much, you know? So, like, what were you doing over there, if you know what i mean, asking?
1: So, I had, that, that day, I had actually, I think, sold all my shoes, all like, every single shoe I ever owned to Round 2. Okay. Because I, I was going crazy. I was like, all I need is my bare feet to walk on God's, like, earth. <laughs> okay.
0: So, okay so let's talk about recovery bro yeah i'm assuming because you have this book which i'm gonna buy and support and i want all the reader, the listeners of the show to go buy and support i was gonna ask you how did you crawl out of this but now look i'd rather everyone who's going through all this pain and when i'd be like oh why should they pay for look man motherfuckers pay for sandwiches people pay for fucking you know t-shirts whatever the fuck it may be hey you can support somebody that went through something and now is talking about it, had the courage to write it down, and you're supporting his cause, which later could maybe give you, you know, um, relief, okay? So you obviously are in a better place now. Let's just talk about this book real quick. What's the book called? When does it drop? Tell me everything you want to talk
1: about it. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. It's called Warning. This is not a motivational story. Because I always thought my first book was going to be a self-help book because I used to like motivate people all the time. And when I started writing the book and I wrote about the trauma that I faced as a child, what led to my addiction, the depression I faced through my fame, I was like, who the fuck am I to tell people how to live their life? So instead of writing a motivational book, well, it still is motivational because I came out of it in the end. The title is Warning, This is Not a Motivational Story.
0: All right. How long is the book? Do you know how many pages it is? Or
1: uh, I got—I literally got the final draft sent back to me today by the editors for approval. So I haven't opened it. I can do that while we're on here. No, just roughly. Just—just
0: just guesstimate. What is it? Do you know? I think
1: three hundred something.
0: Okay, so it's a little good read, right? So it's three hundred pages. Um, where is it going to be available? Amazon bookstores, like
1: oh, Amazon bookstores, Audible on July twentieth.
0: July twentieth. Okay, guys, July 20th, warning. This is not a motivational story. I will be the first person to probably buy a few copies. Um, so look, bro, I don't want you to give all your secret, all your sauce, all that, whatever. So that that's look, we've talked quite a bit already, right? Let's go downhill. Let's positive, you know, it's like some surf swag shit. Um, where do you see yourself in five years, bro?
1: Um, that's a very good question. So I used to always see myself as an actor when I was doing the movies and stuff. Um Well, some days I wake up now and I'm like, I don't even know if that's in my like. Because if if you don't see it for yourself, it's not going to come true. And I don't see that in my head anymore. Although today I did a little brand deal for a movie coming out where I had to do some sequences for a movie. And I was like, damn, I want to be the Arab Vin Diesel again. I want to be the Arab Jason Statham. I see myself traveling the world stage to stage telling my story. To inspire others on how to get out of it and letting them know that I've been there and it's possible to get out of how far you fall in life. In whatever capacity that is. I see myself using my voice, like everybody has a gift that's given to them. I see myself using my voice and my story to help others and inspire them to awake the giant within them, overcome whatever they're going through, and get out of the holes that they're stuck in as a person who. Been there and struggles with that their entire life. I, I know a lot of people are able to say, I'm gonna have, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have five kids, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna have this house in Calabasas, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have, this. I don't look at it that far. I just know what I'm gonna be doing in my life. Somebody asked me today on the phone, he was trying to talk to me about something. He was like, Do you think you're gonna be financially stable in five years? And I said, Yes. He goes, How? I said, I'm gonna find a way.
0: That's all you can say, really, though. You know what I mean? You can sit there and be like, "Oh well, look, I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have a building. I'm gonna be creating in one room. I got this. I got that." Motherfucker, shut the fuck up, bro. You know, if that's a look, I rather respect that answer than someone telling, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be playing this, this." And it's great to have these little wishful thoughts and everything, but that's just real. You're gonna find a way. And you know what I tell people all the time? The reason why you see people who win and they win a lot is because they know how to win, bro. They don't know how to do anything else, and there ain't no real other way to say it. You know, it ain't about like the
1: the thing with me and the thing with people like us is. We don't know how to give up. We can't give up. And the thing about no matter what people say about me or whatever, like you fell off this and this. I've been in the game 11 years and I know that's not a lot. And I know you've been in it for much longer, but and I'm still here and I'm still trying and I'm still doing new things. I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. Literally three years ago. I'm in a different therapy session every single day trying to recover, crying to the therapist, telling her the same old story that I just told you about July 15th, blaming everybody and their mothers, and her telling me, why don't you just try again? And my response being, I can't. My life is over. My career is over. And me believing that story. Your life is never over until you tell yourself that. Yeah, no,
0: dog. You're tripping, man. I'm the kind of guy be like, oh, shit, there's six seconds left. I'm still going out there like, yo, dog a miracle's about to happen you know what i'm saying that's just me me personally now look bro there's very few people i want to meet in this world um i just don't want to meet anybody i don't really care right but there's someone i've been intrigued by and to be honest with you i really didn't fuck with dude for a long i just didn't i still i respect him where he is but like you know i just some things just just were like oh man i don't know about this guy boom but you know what from the actions the things he's done from you know, the good he's done and now where he's at and being a billionaire, filmmaker and everything else. Like, bro, what the fu- What was it like meeting Tyler Perry?
1: Oh, man. I have nothing but good things to say. Yeah, bro, right? sounds
0: like an amazing person, man.
1: Like, truly, 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 truly. I- I've never met somebody like him in my life. And, like, that's why in, in my song Four Ghosts during the July 15th event, I have a line that goes, Tyler Perry put me in his movies and people roast on it all the time. But it's like, no, nah, that's a fact he did. And I'm proud of that. He's amazing. He actually cares. He's a real human. He he cares. He loves. He cares. And he takes care of those around him. Um, And whenever I would I, I used to call him in when my agents from CAA dropped me for something so fucking shady that they did to me. He's the first person I called bawling my eyes out. And he didn't he didn't like, you know, be like, oh, don't worry, I'll call an agency for you and, you know, get you back. Da, da, da. He just said, you got this. You'll find your way. You got this. And just gave me the words that I needed to hear to, like, believe in myself and keep going.
0: Man, bro, look, I was with CAA when I had my TV show. And I left CA, look, fuck all agencies, man, fuck them, you know, sorry? Uh, sorry, my bad, hold on, XL Sports Management, yo, man, yo, Eric and Matt, you guys are dope, man, no, but saying like, <laughs> CA and everything else, like, dude, they just offered me a fucking starring position on fucking Bling Empire, I'm like, bro, I would never fucking do that show, are you guys crazy? That's <laughs> um, yeah, just curious, man, because, you know, I've heard great things about Tyler Perry, you know, they fucking shot Coming to America, the studios is crazy. Um, are you still collecting sneakers at all? Do you still fuck with, like, kicks at all, or No.
1: You know what? I, ever since I sold my collection, I stopped. I don't even know the name of sneakers no more. Um, the, yesterday, I went to Cool Kicks on Melrose and bought those Yeezy foams. Is that what they're called? The, the slipper joints? The slippers?
0: You're talking about the, the Yeezy foam runners?
1: The foam runners. The one with holes in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I bought those. I bought the Quantums this year. Uh, what else did I buy? Did I buy anything else? My boy gifted me a pair of the Habibi Dunks, and that's what I'm going to wrap my car in. Oh, that's another situation. You want something funny? Huh?
0: You want something crazy?
1: What?
0: So I'm in Dubai, and I'm at an event where they have this enormous fucking Dubai festival. It's streetwear culture, you know, music, Wu Tang Clan, fucking Davi's, all kinds of stuff. Whatever. I have an enormous booth there. They're selling my track suits and brand name shit. Boom. And I go to this place that has bare bricks, skate shit. You know, really cool items, great books, knickknack store, all the stuff in the design district in Dubai, okay? And, you know, I've been to Dubai maybe four or five times, and I'm chilling, and the guy comes over to me, and he goes, hey, and this is all really cool shit, and I'm there to go see an artist who's painting over there. So I just happened to stumble on this store because I saw Bear Bricks. So I go in there, find out the fucking owner is Korean, okay? The owner's Korean, He has the only SB account in the entire Saudi Arabia, right? In the entire Middle East. Only person with the Nike SB account. Korean guy, bro. All right? Let me explain that 50 times. Hits me up and he goes, hey, bro, I have my own dunk coming out. You know, select shop frame. That's what they're called. He goes, it's called the Habibi dunk. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I was like one of the first people he sent it to. I was just nuts. Random Korean dude.
1: What you're talking about the the Habibi dog Yes, bro,
0: it's is Korean homie. It's my homie. It's Holy dude. shit!
1: In Dubai.
0: That's that's his that's his shoe for his store.
1: That's that's my that's one of my shoes of the year. Like I wear that and the foam runners every day. Like that's it. Yeah, I've
0: been wearing the foam runners forever, man. You know Kanye's my boy, so like he sent me that shit early, and the new color crazy. I'm about to get the new ones. I don't think who it's gonna... isn't
1: your who isn't your boy. Well,
0: it's different, bro. I grew up in a certain era. You know what I mean? So I grew up in a yeah
1: yeah yeah grew up in
0: a time. So Yo, let me... one thing yeah. I ahead. don't know why.
1: I... I don't know why I want to share this, but I want to share this because a lot of people didn't understand why this meant so much to me, but I know somebody's going to hear this and understand. So back in my heydays, like I owned two Ferraris. I owned a Range Rover SVR. After July 15th, I lost everything. I had a Toyota CHR for two years. And this year I was able to put myself in a Tesla Model Y. And I tell everybody that, like, this is my dream car I'm so grateful for and everything because I learned something about gratitude and, like, that I didn't have when I had my Ferraris. I didn't even love my Ferraris as much as I loved this Tesla because I I, I wasn't at the mental capacity I'm at now to have had everything and lost everything to now work on getting everything back. So I feel like everything that I went through in life, Whether God had given me, like, let's say my event was successful, Drake had showed up and everything, I wasn't even ready for the way my life was going to open up had all that happened. I believe you. But I feel like if everything were to happen for me now, I'm more equipped mentally. I'm more equipped spiritually. I'm ready for it. And I'm in a better position to appreciate, accept it, and take care of it this time. So everything in your life happens for a reason. I don't know. I just had the need to say that.
0: That's a great model to live by, bro. You know, um, Question, when you were buying Ferraris and shit, you just, I mean, you're young, so it's different. You never thought about buying a home, like buying real estate?
1: I'm dumb, bro. So <laughs> when I was paying 13500 to rent a fucking little dinky-ass penthouse in 1600 Vine, it was before the cool thing to do on YouTube was to buy a big-ass house and flex. It was like if you flexed at the time, you were doing something wrong. So I'm paying all this money and renting it, da da da. Bro, I should have bought five properties back then. Then no matter how big the hit of money that I took. Yeah, you that I'm in
0: today and you could have still been grateful you know what I'm saying you could have been like yo man I had this boom so what I'm saying is you could have lost all that boom but you would have at least some passive income coming from rental blah blah whatever and then you could have been like hey listen though I still got this and now I'm even so you could still been very grateful for the things your model Y and everything because you were smart about that now the last any kind of business question I got for you is have you invested in any cryptocurrency or at all I don't know
1: You want my honest answer? Yeah, of course. What do you mean? So I know nothing about crypto, right? Right. And when everybody on Twitter was going crazy about the Dogecoin, talking about Doge to the moon, Doge to the moon. I go go on Instagram. I post a couple of stories, and this is all I say verbatim. I go, Mm -hmm. listen, a lot of you are spending – and I was speaking to the people who – if the shoe fits. I wasn't speaking to the people who knew what they were doing. I said – A lot of you are spending your last dollars into the Dogecoin, sitting on your ass, playing Call of Duty, checking your Robin Hood app, hoping it goes to the moon to make a quick buck. Instead of doing that, invest your money into your career and get yourself some income that's going to come. It might take longer, but you worked for it and it's going to last, whatever, whatever. I got death threats. I got people fuck up. You're the worst financial advisor ever. Don't tell us how to spend our money. You bankrupt all this shit. So I was like, "Damn, I must be an idiot." So I go and I put five grand into Dogecoin. Right. That shit drops the next day, and all my money's gone.
0: Oh, you lost. No, you didn't lose all five Gs. Come on, bro, you're good. Not all
1: five Gs, but I'm saying like I lost like a good grip of it. Bro, just let it sit,
0: dog. I got 20k in fucking Dogecoin, just for the fuck of it. Fine. Like if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it it doesn't. Like I don't.
1: I don't have money to let it sit like that, though. Oh, so then, bro, you should have never bought it, then, bro they convinced me man they made me feel like i was the idiot
0: jesus christ yusef now you have my number bro hit me when it comes to shit like this bro Youssef, like i'm not gonna tell you a direct number but bro i made eight figures on crypto in the last exact 12 months like it's crazy you know but
1: are you fucking serious i'm dead serious
0: eight fucking figures bro like you know and i had an amazing year financially but you know there's other shit that Can
1: can i tell you something just for the fuck of it what So people always look at me and my situation and the Instagram numbers and the YouTube 10 million, whatever, whatever, and what I've been through. And this year, I started three new YouTube channels from scratch that I'm running and I'm investing money in to produce each episode and everything. I have zero income. Damn, man. And I'm not just saying that Um, all my money is being put back into my videos. My editor makes more money than I do. My videographer makes more money than I do. The guy who makes my thumbnails makes more money than I do because I'm losing money just to run my channels, investing back into my career. It's going to come back to you. Here's what happens. When you go through your 20s and you get to your 30s, at your 30s, you're able to take all those mistakes that you've made in your 20s, invest all your money, start your new chapter in your 30s. When I got to 30, I had to restart my entire life as if I was 20 all over again.
0: Okay, so look, I got a great question for you. My son graduated from kindergarten. Um, well, this is my oldest son, right? This is my younger son's graduated from kindergarten too. But my um, my oldest son graduated from kindergarten. And when you're going into first grade, there's a line, 26 kids in his class. He goes to private school. And they ask, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Some people said fireman. Some people said astronaut. But I'd say out of 20 people, 26 people, 18 of them. So that's like 80, 90% of the people said they want to be a YouTuber. My son wants to be a YouTuber. I'm trying to fucking do everything possible to get him the fuck out of it, right? I've introduced him to all the big people. Like, he wants to meet Ryan. Obviously, Ryan's the most, he's the the biggest YouTuber there is in the world, even though he's only fucking 10 years old. Um, He wanted to meet this dude, Preston. He wanted to meet, like, all the gamer YouTuber people, like, you know, because I'm part of Face Clan, right? I'm a member of Face Clan, so I introduced him to a bunch of people, boom. What advice do you have for future YouTubers, even like young ones, right? Like, like, what's the first thing they need to get? Like, do they need, it? can they make the videos on their phone? Do they need an SLR camera? Like, could you give some advice to these future YouTubers?
1: You see, that's a very funny question because <laughs> back in the day, I would have the perfect answer for you, right? But I asked myself, when I started three new channels this year, I asked myself this question. I said, is, good content enough anymore. Meaning if I produce good content, is that enough to get views and stuff? And the hard and the easy answer on YouTube it's it's not. Good content doesn't equate to views or anything anymore. YouTube is more about the clout and who you know and who you collab with and like who 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 is it popular to follow? Most people aren't gonna follow you until it's the popular thing to do to follow you. So for I would honestly say, especially for the younger cats, the way to do it, start on the other apps where the other kids are at. Start on TikTok. Um, get your TikTok popping, and then convert. Like, look at what Bryce Hall, look what Bryce Hall, Taylor Holder, all these cats did. They all started on TikTok, converted their viewers onto their Instagrams, converted those viewers to onto their YouTubes, and now Bryce Hall just signed a five million dollar deal to fight Austin McBroom in a boxing match.
0: Really? Austin's a friend of mine. Me and Austin are pretty cool. Me and Austin, yeah. You know
1: Austin's what? fighting Bryce. Yeah. I had
0: no idea that Austin had money. He came one time to Platinum Motorsport. He had bought a Jeep. He finally got a McLaren. He got his wife a ring, and I was like, okay, cool. Start kicking. The next thing I know, he gets a Lambo, and I was like, all right, cool. Then he gets a crib, and I'm like, all right, we kick it. And you know, I don't think Austin really knew like the deal deal. You know, like he pulls up one time to my boy's birthday party. He's wearing Chanel's at the time. they were like 30 G's, and you know, look. Either you know who Ben Baller is or you don't. And then if you know Ben Baller, you really don't think, like, okay, well, you know, and, and that's, I get it, that's the life that they live, right? He's, his wife is, you know, cool with Kylie, blah, blah, blah. Like, I've known all those people. I don't really care about none of that shit. You know, we're kicking it. And so, you know, he invited me out to like a drive with him and Landon, did like a little drive, he's getting to the car thing. And I think he's like, he's got to know, like, okay, Ben's big in the car world, especially in the exotic car world. Boom. So we do this little private drive. I invite a couple of my homies. I pull up in a $1.2 million car. And he looked at me like a little, like, yo, bro, like, okay, shit. Oh, we going to do some shit today. I was like, yeah, bro, like, let's get down. We start driving on the road, and, like, these cats ain't doing Like, I get on the road, Fusi, and it's like, I'm Osama Bin Laden, that motherfucker. You know what I mean? I go go hamburger, right? I go crazy. So we pull over, boom, this and that. We started talking a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, man, so, you know, let's, uh, let's do another one. I was like, you know, but I'll probably bring my other car. He's like, oh, what you got? And I just started breaking down. He's like, yo. I was like, yo. I wanted to say something to him. It's very, one of the few times I'm humble. I was about to be like, yo, bro, like, what you think this was, fam? Like, this ain't nothing, bro. Like, my little joke <laughs> car is, is your, your best car. But I didn't say that to him, you know what I mean? Because Austin's been cool to me. A lot of people have issues with them. They try to, oh, man, this dude's a fucking scam, da-da-da, whatever. Everyone has some hater shits. But I, I, he's always been cool to me, so I didn't really think about it. But I just seen him talk about, I don't follow him, but I seen him talk about some fight. And I'm like, who the fuck is Bryce Hall? But, like, okay, I guess that's the new thing. Like, these YouTubers wanting to get in the ring and fight and whatever. Good for them, man. I think it's a fucking ridiculous.
1: Well, they're doing it for the money. They're doing it for the money grab. Like, I did it for charity back in 2018. That was the first thing. One of the first things I did to uh, when I was rebuilding myself because it was good for my mental health. I got my nose broken in the ring, and I didn't get paid a single dollar. Wait a second. Who did you fight? This YouTuber named Slim, Slimification.
0: I don't know him, dude.
1: I mean, I remember when you were training. First of all,
0: okay, hold on. How the fuck did you even hear about me? Because I didn't know you knew who I was. I swear to God, I had no idea you knew who
1: I was. Can I be honest? Yeah, tell me. Nike talk.
0: Wait a second, hold on, you're 31?
1: Yeah, I grew up on Nike talk when I was, like, in my teens, and you were, like, the god. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, how the You're too young for that. Nah. What?
0: Okay. No, I didn't know you were. Okay, so you were all because you knew me from Nike Talk. Yeah. Was it Eli or Bear? Who the fuck? How did that get to the point where King Batch was like texting me, like, hey bro, like, you gonna fight this deal? I was like, What? Bro, i fucking smash that dude. So what are you talking about? And then you Oh, made- I didn't
1: even know King Batch ever texted you that. Nah, so it was Eli and Bear. wearing in a group chat, whatever, and they're talking about their boy Ben. I'm like, oh my God, you know fucking Ben Baller, da-da-da. Like I was like hype over it. And then I was, like, running on the treadmill one day. And then I record a funny video, like, banging on my chest saying, Ben, I'm coming for you as a joke. And they sent that shit to you.
0: That shit was fucking hilarious, bro. I was like, yo, that dude's going to get hurt, bro. You better stop playing with me. (laughs) But that's funny as hell, man. And you know what? It's perfect for the ending. So the last question I ask every guest who comes on this show is, is there anything that you want to ask me?
1: This is like there's so many fucking questions I can ask you. There's one question in specific that's on my head, but I don't know if it's like me shooting myself in the foot, me being able to pass it off as funny or me literally grabbing my balls and just asking it.
0: Bro, just ask me, dog.
1: But it might like I don't it might be taken the wrong way, but it's Bro, like Bro, I
0: ain't like tripping. I am not you could tell I got I'm not soft, bro. Pause.
1: You're probably going to... Okay. If there's ever, ever an opportunity,
0: do you know where I'm going with this?
1: Kind of, maybe,
0: maybe not, bro.
1: If there's ever an opportunity, do you think... Like, if the stars ever align, do you think there's a way you can get me to get my message or my story to Drake?
0: Oh, Okay um i was in think i totally forgot about that yeah you know what bro i'm gonna be real with you right so i read this story the other day about too short right i don't know if you saw too short was trending i did why the fuck is too short trending right and he's dog i grew up you know he was a god bro he was i mean bro he wasn't just a god in cali and oakland but like you know like he was rapping during a time when there was very there was you know 15 20 rappers with deals in the world do you know what i'm saying and maybe even less you know and in cali there was very few so like He was the only one in the Bay that had a deal. So, you know, this is 87, 86, 88. You know, he was killing He was doing it. Boom. And, you know, he is a legend. And he's also, Todd is one of the coolest fucking dudes in the world. And he told this story about him and Drake were talking every day. And um, all of a sudden, I forgot what happened. I think the song dropped. um, What's the song with E-40? Fuck. The model, right? And the model dropped. And the next thing you know, something happened somewhere. And Drake never texted him ever again. And at a certain point, bro, like, you know, when you too short, dog, you a legend, you know what I'm saying? And I think he felt like, look, bro, Drake grew up in a different era. Like, if Drake knew what I was to the culture and to the game, really, like, especially, he says he has a lot of love for the band, and Drake does. Bro, there was times where Drake was showing me properties in Atherton. He's like, dog, this is $20 million just to get a property. Like, boom. Like, some of our craziest stories were in San Francisco, right? I've had a lot of—me and Drake do a lot of stuff in the Bay, and boom. And I don't think he maybe knew—he knew about Mac Dre, but didn't know how big, too short. Like, in a way, no offense to Mac Dre, but, like, short, literally, bro. I mean, I have to put him up, you know, even above 40 in certain ways to me. 40's just been amazing at marketing and everything, right? But 40's also very talented, I'm just saying. So when I read the story— and I was like, okay, Drake, just stop texting him, boom, put him on red. You know, I was like, oh, shit, that's really Drake. So Drake has changed his number a bunch of times here and there. Sometimes he reads messages sometimes he doesn't. We and him get each other in the face. Like, bro, it's all love. There have been times where people wanted to meet him here and there. And I thought it was cool, this one girl, I'm not going to say her name. She was like, yo, man, he fucks with me. He really wants to do this, this, this. And Drake doesn't say no. He wants everyone to like him. That's just, I'm being real you know, and he's like, all right, cool, and I was like, yo, yo, so I, I FaceTime Drake, he's like, yo, what's up, and I'm like, hey, bro, you know, um, I'm with, uh, you know, what's her face, boom, and she wants to. he was like, he looked at me with that look, like, yo, bro, like, bro, I can't believe you FaceTime me for that, and so I hang up, we get back, and I get back in the car by myself, and I was like, what's up, he was like, bro, like, like, I don't even know her like that, boom, and I was like, oh, shit, man, you know, like, he did that, and whatever, so anyways, with all that said, there have been times with me and Drake, I've gotten terrible arguments, like, I'm talking bad, like, fuck you. Fuck you then, too, bitch. Fuck, but I don't give a fuck you. Bro, I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck if I never know you again in my life. Boom. Like, you know, we're getting stupid shit here and there. And then it'd be like, yo, man, I feel like he'll reach out to me. I'll be, like, literally just randomly was sitting in Chicago like a year ago. It's like, yo, bro, I feel like, man, like, it's been a year. We ain't talked, bro. Like, it would warm my heart if we can get up, you know, blah, blah. And, you know, we just, we don't talk every day, but that's, like, my bro. Like, you know, like, people complex posted a video of me and him from way back in the day. and um. What I'm getting at is, if I feel like we're in that mood, and he's gotten that fucking big now, bro. Like, I could ask Kanye fucking anything wouldn't care. And Drake and me are way closer. But what I mean is, he's gotten that big where it's it's weird, you know? Like, I feel like, even at this point, sometimes things are like, his time is that precious. He's got so much on his mind to go back on top. Now he's got three singles, boom. You know, maybe he's gonna hit me for a chain, who fucking knows? I can promise you this. If I feel like one, it's in the back of my mind, which it should be. My my, you know, I'm not bad about that. And the other thing is, if I feel like he has a 15 minute conversation in him, I'm gonna bring it up. Cause I'm gonna bring up the podcast, right? And people are like, yo, boom. I've never asked him to come on the show. I think if I wanted him to, he would. I just wanna wait, wait. Like I've been able to get this far and have a globally ranked show. I'm in the top 5% in the world, right? And not have to fucking dick ride or hit any of my celebrity friends and boom. I've had, you know, people on the show, but like, that's like a big thing for me. So if I could sit down with them and he, I feel like he has a 15 in him, then I'm gonna be like, yo, bro, I got something fucking crazy to ask you, bro. And be like, yo, what the fuck happened with this shit? And then I'm gonna be real with you. If he keeps a 100, it's like, yo, dude, get that dude the fuck away from me, you know, blah, blah, whatever, then I'll tell you. But if there's any way that I can actually maybe repair it and get you guys together just because it'd be such a crazy full circle. And one thing about Drake is he loves a full circle story. All right. So that's that's the most I can tell you. I mean, for sure. That's the
1: best answer I could have heard. I understand it. And I'm like, I was in a position where, like, I have a chance to ask one question. And if I'm. (laughs) I, I dead ass told you like in my no, life sure. I, I don't want to leave this earth without that full circle happening because that'll be I just wanna like I'm because what you. if
0: the dude you were talking to didn't tell him what you think he told him in the ear, you know what I'm saying like right then and there it could get to the it get to the bottom of it
1: i I genuinely with all my heart don't feel like that's what happened i I doubt if you went to Drake right now and said, hey, do you remember this dude in the club when you rented out delilah whispered to you about he's not gonna remember shit. But I know what happened. But I'm saying, bro, I'm not full-
0: I'm not telling you. I'm just saying, look,
1: no, know, but when my full circle happens and whenever in life and I get that picture with Drake and I get to post that, I'll probably retire from the Internet forever. It'll be my biggest fuck you to every single person who's ever hated on me in their fucking life. Just like, fuck you. Suck my dick. It happened. Yes, Drake is coming. He's here. It's over.
0: Bro, do me a favor, man. Like when you get off this call, Google Ben Baller Drake. Just, just do that. And you're going to see there's going to be, I can't even tell you how many fucking things is going to pop up. You know what I'm saying? But look, Fusi, I really do wish you the best. I, I really do thank you for coming on the show. I had no idea, I never had any idea of the extent of how crazy this shit, the up and down, has been for you. Look, adversity is a motherfucker, it builds character. Um, you genuinely look like You know From the times I've seen you And talk here and there You are a funny dude And good But at boom I just pray to God That you do use this For the better good And the positive shit And, and I do think That you're in a better place now. And I do think You're in a better You know Mindset to receive The gifts from God And everything And look dog I just Again I'm grateful to have you on here And I'm glad that we pushed A couple interviews back And uh, you know Hey bro I just want to say man uh, Mashallah You know what I mean And all love bro
1: <laughs> I love you, brother. Thank you so much for the opportunity, man.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, and sir.
1: I, I need to send you a copy of the book because I know that I'm going to buy it regardless.
0: Dude. Guys, please do not forget, everyone, BTB Army, July 20th. Warning this is not a motivational story of my boy Youssef, a.k.a. Fusi. Hey, bro, seriously, much love, homie. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, brother.
0: Hey, yo, Miles, man. Let's get to a commercial break real quick, throw on some Lakey Lake, and we'll be right back, y'all. If people want NBA picks, the Dust Brothers are the best. They're the ones who helped me with my handicaps. Now, they're biting like 500 bucks in a box. And you know, they're not trying to fucking go crazy and whatever, but the Dust Brothers are doing NBA picks and they're selling them. $75 for a single game, that's fucking cheap. All right. And $150 for parlay picks. All right. Yes, the Dust Brothers, producers of this show. Okay. Their Venmo is at dbpodcasts, plural. And you can follow them at dbpodcasts on Instagram. You can DM there, whatever. Hit them up. They are fucking crushing that motherfucking shit. Ever since they started, they are killing it. My uh, Project 70 card is available now. Go to my link in any of my social media bios. Twitter, Instagram, I do not use Facebook, okay, not even my verified Facebook account, I have a personal page with like 300 friends that I went to high school and college with, but that ain't it, okay, yeah, anyways, that link tree thing that I have in my bio, that shit is actually very useful, it's got all my links on there, anything that's important that you want to know about me or whatever is in that motherfucker, okay, so anyways, my Clayton Kershaw card, Project 70 card is out now. All right? I used the 1981 Tops template because that was the year that we won the World Series and we beat the Yankees to get that motherfucking chip. All right? Um you know, basic Cali love on the design, palm trees, all that shit and everything and it really made it look like a real baseball card. You know, people were seemed to be pleased and the the card is available for another uh what is it, two days, right? Um, Go get that card now. All right, by the way, the three diamonds on the card people are asking are for the three Cy Young Awards that Kershaw won, okay? And speaking of winning, I am doing a very special giveaway, something I've never done before. I have done, you know, money counters, fridges and fucking uh, different items. I've done a chain. I've done several chains. On this one, I'm doing something very special. It was a fan's idea, a BTB fan, and uh, I'm going to give away a 45 minute Zoom call, okay, to three lucky people. Since there's three diamonds on the card, I'm gonna give away to three lucky people. It's not gonna be a group Zoom, it is going to be a personal one on one Zoom, okay? I've actually been offered to do things like this for a couple thousand dollars, and I haven't, but I will do it for somebody who buys the card. And we'll do the same thing email Ben Ball to the card. At gmail.com, your proof of purchase with your name and everything, right? Make sure you have your name on there, uh, first and last name. And what's going to happen is you're going to submit that. And then uh, sometime probably next week, I will go to a randomizer, go on my Instagram live and announce the three lucky winners. And it's going to be dope. It's going to be amazing. Okay. 45 minute Zoom calls, a long fucking time, especially, you know, when when you have some things that you really want to ask in life and, you know, I'm not no guru, but shit, I might know something, right? So, you know, if you want to ask about mentorship, I don't know, any advice about life, business, whatever, or well, if you just want to talk shit, it's all good. Again, some people think that this is worth more than just, you know, several hundred dollars, thousand dollars, whatever the fuck it is. That is the prize. So make sure you go get my Project 70 Clayton Kershaw card. All right, y'all. Dodger Stadium is opening in less than two weeks, and uh, will I be going? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, we shall see. I definitely will be hitting Staples Center. And that makes no sense to you guys, right? Because we're indoor, outdoor. Well, look, man, I get my last shot of the vaccine later today. So it it shouldn't matter. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, I can't, but I'm definitely 100% going twisted because there's going to be a long baseball season, right? Basketballs, you know, and plus, you know, courtside at a Laker game is a different level. Sorry, man. You know, it's, it's, and they owe me that. So I'm definitely going to hit a game, a Laker game, before the season is over. That is a fact. Come in fitted, and trust me, I will be motherfucking secure. I ain't playing that shit. I know it's going to be a lot of Jackers out there and everything, right? I'm, I'm ready for all you motherfuckers. Will the Lakers go to the finals? I've already said this. Absolutely, okay? And if by chance we don't get there, right? Not just win the champ. I'm saying if we don't just get to the finals, I will slander Bron Bron, Okay? heavy even though he did tweet out against the asian hate and stuff right there's no reason why we shouldn't make the finals with all the shit that you know whatever And, and you know he's got a lot of control i'm sure you know we still haven't made any moves in the free agency shit but uh we blew out the warriors the other night and this is before steph got injured in last night's game so let's see what's really really good down the home stretch all right prayers go out to sean bradley uh former nba player sean bradley who uh, at one point was the tallest player in the league. He was the tallest player like ever at that point. Okay, I think yeah, he was before Yao Ming. And uh, I remember when Sean Bradley was at BYU. Was he? I know he's Mormon, pretty sure. Uh, he was riding a bike like two days ago, a couple days ago, and he got hit by a car. And now they're reporting that he's possibly paralyzed or he is paralyzed right now. I hope that's not permanent somehow, but prayers out to dude, Um, how the fuck do you not see a seven foot six guy on a bike? Like my boy, Bull Bull. when you see him riding a bike, it looks fucking crazy. Okay. Like this is a half foot taller than my boy, Bull Bull. Like he's that tall. Even when Sean Bradley's sitting down, he just looks, he's tall compared to fucking tall NBA players. Right. So, uh, I mean, much love. I really pray that that dude's okay, man. Now, a little bit about my Seahawks. Uh, we let, Go with my boy, Shaq Griffin. Probably not going to sign his brother. It's just a weird situation, man. Salute, Shaq, though. I was going to have you on the show. Uh, you and your brothers and have you guys on the show. I, look, you guys are more than welcome to come on anytime as well. Uh, I still can consider both of you guys 12s, like forever. Uh, I wish you luck at Jacksonville, but uh, it is what it is, man. You know, our DBs are still, you know, I got a lot of, a lot of faith in, in what we got going on. I forgot to do from the Niners that we signed, but... Uh, He ain't the one that we wanted, but you know, hey man, let's see what happens. We re-signed Puna, uh, Puna Ford is is back on with us. So that's good. And we are making our legit strong arm move, finally, by getting a solid O-lineman in Gabe Jackson, right? From the Raiders for a fucking pick, whatever the fuck it is. That's a solid pick right there, okay? So now with that, where the fuck is Russ going now? Can't go to the Saints, right? can't go to fucking, uh, obviously Chicago anymore, which is, I don't know how the fuck Chicago signed, uh, Dalton or whatever the fuck it is. So could he go to Oakland? I doubt it. Now the thing is, look, man, if he's going to go anywhere, he goes, he's, he could go fucking somewhere for sure. I mean, there's something, but we got to get something back. So, I uh, you know, it sucks that, um, I, I feel like Deshaun Watson is getting set up by the media somehow. And look, I'm not here to tell you that, you know, women aren't getting attacked and not getting sexually harassed or whatever, but it's just, man, man, just the, the situation that's going on right now because he's asking for a trade and everything. I, like I said, I was like, hey, man, he should stay. You know, too fucking bad. You're getting paid, boom, whatever. But, like, this shit, the timing of these things, man, just crazy sometimes, you know, with, with these allegations and shit. But um, if we get Watson, I, I truly, look, man, uh, fuck. You know what? I'm going to just be quiet right now. I think most of y'all know what I'm trying to say. All right, But Russ needs to chill, bro. You are loved in Seattle, man. We are Super Bowl bound. Like there's maybe two, three max key things that we, that we need. Like we need maybe two more O linemen. Okay. But, and you know what we really need? We need better play calling. That's it. shotty's out. Let's see what the fuck's going on. Okay. We got all the other key ingredients. Like, I think we're going to be okay. We just can't have this drama in the locker room. All right, so all you 12s out there listening to this right now, look, we're going to be straight, man. And I'm chilling, man. I'm going to get, um, I don't know yet, man. Tell me if, th- if there's a Seahawk you want me to reach out to. Don't say Russ either, because we've already discussed over this and boom. and Because he's so politically correct, and I think I'm a little too controversial for him. And it's all love. I just, that, like, that ain't going to happen. So does anybody else you think we should get on the show? Let me know. Um, I got into a lift for the first time yesterday and I said Lyft, I don't use Uber anymore. I got this like membership thing with Lyft because I'm a Chase Sapphire Reserve member. They have like these perks with it, but it has been over a year. Legitimately, it's been a year and like 2 weeks since I've been in a ride share. And that shit cost me 99 fucking dollars to go 8 miles. But that's because I was like, "Look, dog, I'm not about to be in a regular shit. Like I'm really trying to still be. I know I got the vaccine first shot, but I'm saying like I got into, you know, the um Yukon XL Denali uh black you know whatever and it was nice and clean that was fucking it smelled like Lysol on that bitch but yeah $99 to go eight miles like god damn anyways I sold my SF90 yesterday I had to drop it off at Ferrari Beverly Hills shout out to my guy Brendan over there who took over from my brother Amir Amir is doing big things right now um so look If you guys don't know the process with Ferrari, I'm just gonna give you guys a quick breakdown, right? It's not like any other exotic car brand, okay? You gotta play by their rules. Meaning, no matter how cool you are, how famous you are, how big your dick is, and how much money you got, you can't just walk into a Ferrari dealership and buy a car at the MSRP sticker. It's just not how it works, okay? Even if it's four years fucking old, okay? It's not gonna happen. And it's been this way since I got my first Ferrari back in 2004. Okay. There's always a markup, there's a process that you have to go buy you know, a certain amount of cars to build up your portfolio first, and this is at a markup. And once that's satisfied by Italy, by the heads in Marinello, you get to get your cars at MSRP. And from that point on, you'll never lose. You will never lose in buying a Ferrari if you know what you are doing. Okay. You might take an L on one thing, but you will take a W on the other. Okay, there's no way to buy in to cut the line, okay? I mean, there's a way to buy a car, you know, and, and cut the line and get a car early, but it's gonna cost you from a quarter million to a million dollars to do that. And it just, it ain't that serious. For me, at least it ain't, okay? And um, after you got enough of those cars and you're stable, mm-hmm. then you're put into consideration to get into the lottery for their super rare models and then for their hypercars, Okay. So yeah, I've got to the point of all those levels except the hypercar level, which I hope is next because the next LaFerrari successor should be dropping around 2023, which is the same year as the Ferrari SUV. Yes, I said SUV. They are making a car to compete against the Eurus. I'm sure it'd be a lot better than that. Uh, No idea what it looks like yet. Nobody does. So we'll just have to wait and see. Now, breaking news, breaking, breaking news. If you listen to the Baller Busters episode, you would know that episode went crazy, okay? And they are basically doing a public service to let people know about scammers. And with the help of Coffeezilla, Jay Mazzini, Palestinian, scumbag, scammer, fake Muslim motherfucker, is allegedly behind bars. I have heard he's arrested Don't know if they got him in New York or if they got him where he lives in New Jersey. But Jay Mazzini is in jail. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you guys, we have done a fucking amazing thing. I hope this motherfucker goes to jail for a long time. He's getting charged with multiple different accounts charges and shit and all kinds of stuff. I'm all fucking flustered up because I just got the news right now. So again, congratulations to everyone for putting this piece of shit behind. And if anybody... Has any information, you know, you were fucking scammed out of the Bitcoin scam or any kind of scam, period. DM CoffeeZilla at coffeebreak underscore YT. And lastly, Mr. Mazzini or Ibrara, I don't know how to fuck pronounce your last name. Jay Mazzini, you are going to get that good Wonder Bread bag treatment in jail, okay? No olive oil. They're gonna give you that real, that real, real wonderbread bag treatment, fam. All right? Yes, sir. Speaking of pieces of shit, for those of you out there who are getting a stimulus check, please be smart with it. Okay. Or again, do what you want, right? I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money. But look at whatever you do, don't support Fashion Nova. Okay, that shit is trash. I understand it's fast fashion, it's cheap, you can get a fucking dress for $6 or $3, whatever the fuck it is. But what they're doing by trying to persuade people to buy their shitty clothes with their stimmy checks, stimmy as they put it in their text message, I hate these fucking terms sometimes, right? But they sent a text out to all the people on their SMS mailing list, and they're like, it's the stimmy for me, buy the fucking fashion. No, shut the fuck up. Don't support these piece of shits, all right? Some fucking bullshit. Anyways, I'm hitting the road this weekend in the RV. Gonna get the fuck away, right? And speaking of getting away, even if shit calms down a lot this summer with coronavirus and the pandemic, I will still be going hard. Like, actually, I'll be going extra hard around America in my Thor Delano, All right, so yo, y'all, that's it for this episode. I I hope you liked it. Don't forget to get my man's foosie. His book drops on July 20th. Warning: This is not a motivational story. All right, yo, guys, there is a slight surge going back on in America right now. Okay, this ain't the time to get relaxed and dumb. Let's just put this shit away for good. Like you motherfuckers is so impatient. I get it. It's been a year. Look, man. Let's get this shit over with for real. But shit ain't over, okay? It's not over just because you want it to be over. Please be smart. Please be safe. And always remember, this is not your practice life. All right, y'all. Yo, Lakey, Dust Brothers, we are out of here, y'all. Peace.